Yo, it's your neighborhood preacher in the mix. What a pleasure to be alive and to come to you. I miss you guys. Listen, I hope that you are doing well. It has been a blast so far in 2021. It's my year. It's your year. And God is doing great things. Listen, I am excited. It's been a minute since I've been in the booth. And uh, I apologize. I wasn't uh, with you last Saturday. I was waiting for some things to complete my home podcast uh, center. And I am just uh, excited uh, to be doing God's will and being allowed uh, to have the heart that I've had lately and just uh, be growing in the things of God. I pray that you're growing. I pray that you're doing well in all things. And even if you're in the midst of the storm, I know that God is doing something in your life. Listen, I want to talk about who is this man who preaches with authority. Have you heard about him? Because I've been hearing about him. He's making waves all over the world. And I don't know if you guys have have seen or, or heard the news lately. Um, they're trying to keep it on the hush. But uh, there's a man who preaches with authority. And it's crazy because his name's Jesus. His name is Jesus, and everybody's whispering, who is this man who preaches with authority? And I'm going to take you right into the scriptures. I want to glorify God today. Father, bless your word, bless your people, bless the hearer. May the word, which is seed, may it fall on fertile ground, which is the heart of man. May our hearts be prepared, and may it yield and bring forth good fruit for your name, for your kingdom, for your glory, in the mighty name of Jesus, go before us, amen. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21. Man, I'm telling you right now, I'm excited about this message because I want to talk about Jesus. They said, who is this man who preaches with authority? So Jesus begins to say these words before I paint the picture that I'm going to paint. He begins to say these words in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 28. He says, whoever hears these sayings of mine, and he does them, I will make him like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, it did not fall, for it was built on the rock. But everyone who hears, say hears, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. Say it fell. That's right. It fell and great was its fall. You see, the Bible says here, when Jesus ended these sayings, in verse 28 of Matthew chapter 7, and it was when Jesus ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority. Say authority. That's right. Jesus was one who taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus was a man of authority. He was so much of a man of authority that he caused a stirring everywhere he went. And you'll notice something about yourself if Jesus is living inside of you and he's strong in you and and you're spending time with Jesus and you got the spirit of God on you and the Holy Ghost is 
dwelling inside of you and you're building this relationship with God and you're doing your best to, to learn of him and, and lay your life down, you'll begin to see that as God begins to use you, you will have this natural ability, this authority through Christ. You see, Jesus had so much authority. I, I, I just want to get to the end of the message already, but I got to take some time here and I got to paint a picture for you. And I, I need to describe to you, I mean, this powerful message of authority and how Jesus was a man of authority. And there's so many examples that we're going to get into. But after Jesus preached, many times people would whisper to each other. I could just imagine. And they would say, who is this man who preaches with authority? If we look at authority in the Greek and what they're describing here, it says that it is a sense of ability. It's a privilege. It's a force a capacity. It's a competency. It's a freedom. It's a it's it's a mastery. It's a magistrate. It's superhuman. It's potent. It's a token of control. It's delegated influence. Hallelujah. It's delegated influence, authority, jurisdiction, liberty, power, right, and strength. So that's what they meant when they said, who is this man who preaches with authority? He is one who has authority and he's not like the scribes. So look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 23. It says, now when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea. So the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. So Jesus was in the boat. There's this great storm that's arising, and you find Jesus asleep. He was at peace. He wasn't moved. Then the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. See, I don't know about you, but I don't know any man that could be on a boat with me in the midst of a great storm and the winds and the ocean obey him. It says there was a great calm after he rebuked the winds and the sea. Verse 27 says, So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? You know, a lot of times I, I, I know it's difficult. I know a lot of times we fight our flesh and the principalities of air and darkness, and we're trying to get this walk right with God. And sometimes, sometimes we question, you know, that the, the enemy in our flesh have a real good way of questioning why we're giving up our life. We remind ourselves, well, we give up our life for the one who gave his life up for us. He chose us first, the Bible says, and he gave us an opportunity to be reconciled 
back to God because we were enemies of God. Sometimes we question ourselves, but what we need to do is remind ourselves who Jesus really was. The more and more we get to know about what Jesus did and what he said and how he acted and who he was, the more and more we're going to be able to trust him, the more and more we're going to be able to be like him. The disciples amongst themselves said, who can this be? I mean, they've already seen the works of Jesus. They've already seen Jesus. And they come together after he rebukes the seas and the winds. And he says, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? You need to remind yourself today that when the enemy's pulling on you, yanking your chain, lying to you, people are rising up against you, you need to say, I serve Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus is a man of authority. He is the son of God. Even the winds and the seas obey him. I don't need to move to the right or to the left. I don't need to be fearful. I don't need to to cast away my faith and give up my all my walk with God in being like Jesus. The winds and the seas obey him. That's my Jesus. That's the son of God. That's the one who laid down his life for me. To me, that's powerful. To me, that's beyond comprehension just about. It's amazing. We need to remind ourselves that the winds and the seas obey Jesus. Jesus loves you. And he loves me so much that he laid down his life. He could have called a thousand angels to take his place. But God loved us so much that he would not even allow any other sacrifice or thing to be done for us to be one with him, but give up his only begotten son. Look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 26 through 27. Even so, this is Jesus speaking. Even so, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. He's saying basically, no one knows me. Jesus said, no one knows me except my father. And no one knows my father except me. Now look what he's about to say. He says, and the one to whom the son wills to reveal him. Jesus just basically told us that it's up to Jesus in that moment right there. 
He's revealing to us. It's up to him to reveal who the Father is. Jesus has that much power and that much authority. He says, y'all don't know me. My Father knows me. And I know my Father. And no one else knows him unless I reveal my Father to him. Powerful. Is Jesus revealing the Father to you? Because if he's not, there's a reason. But if he is, you know that God is doing something in your life. And if you're listening to me today, I know that God is doing something in your life. And Jesus is revealing who the Father is. And we're going to find out who the Father is in Jesus. Jesus says, basically right there, I got all the power and the authority to reveal to whom I want, who God is, who the Father is. That blows me away. So now I'm on a journey to Matthew chapter 21. I'm going through Matthew and just killing this thing. Not literally. So don't get offended. I'm saying, I'm saying I'm just really, really excited and putting together this message on who is this man who preaches with authority? Matthew chapter 21, verses 23. It says, now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching. And they said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Look how slick and wise and powerful Jesus is in his answer. Verse 24, it says, But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism, baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, for he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all counted John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. You see, there's always going to be somebody like there was in Jesus's life and environment. There's always going to be somebody when they see the authority of Jesus Christ in your life. They're going to challenge it by trying to catch you up in an error or question your ways and even though they already know the answer. See, they knew in which authority Jesus came. They knew that Jesus couldn't even be doing the things and saying the things he was doing and saying unless it was God working in him. But they questioned him, and you're always going to have people, when you start walking in the authority of Jesus Christ and allowing him to run your life, and you start operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, 
People are going to, listen, there's an old saying of mine, and there's an old saying, period. It goes like this. You don't have to explain to people who already understand. You don't have to explain to people who already love you, care for you, and are for you. You don't got to explain to them. But see, the people that you find yourself explaining things to, it's because it's not because they didn't understand you. They didn't want to understand. They would have rather questioned you to make an issue of your character or, or an issue of your heart, possibly trying to make it seem that, that, that you're in an error, that you're in a wrong place, that what you're explaining or describing or doing is really not right. But see, it's because their heart isn't for you. If their heart is for you, you don't need to explain anything at all. They already get you. They already know you. And you know what? They already have the heart of God and they can make reason in the truth. The thing is, is that a lot of times there's going to be people just like this in this situation. There are going to be people that question in what power and authority do you operate? I'm a clear believer in this. Your neighborhood preacher is a clear believer that if you look at a tree and it's got oranges on it, it's got to be an orange tree. If you look at a tree and it's got bananas on it, it's got to be a banana tree. If I'm talking or you're talking or someone else is speaking and they're glorifying God or they're testifying of what God has done in their life and There's only one fruit that that can bear. That if, if someone's questioning that or if people aren't receiving you, um, listen, take, take it with a grain of salt. And here's why. Because most of the time people see the authority of Jesus Christ in your life. And when they do, it's, it's, a, it's a huge win for them to maybe find you in a fault or an error. Because they know the authority of Christ is living and reigning and ruling in you. Sometimes it bothers people. The reality is, is that Jesus was talked about. Who is this man who preaches with authority? Are you a man or a woman? A young child? Young or old? Are you operating in the authority of Jesus Christ? Do you believe? Do you remember that the one you serve, Jesus Christ, the one you are laying your life down for, the one that you're not just believing in, but following? Do you remember that even the winds and the seas obey him? Do you remember that even the smartest of the smartest questioned him and he had an answer that brought their questions to nothing? So they questioned Jesus. They tried to find him in fault all the time. Because he was a man of authority. More so, he was a man under God's authority. Praise God, he was a man of authority. Who is this man who preaches with authority? It's Jesus. He preaches with authority in my life. I hope he's preaching with authority in your life. And I hope and I pray that we make him the center of our life, the referee the final say, the dominant influence, that we make him the final 
say-so of authority in our life. Praise God. Amen. Luke chapter 4, verse 31. I'm going to flip through my new Bible here. Luke chapter 4, verses 31. Again, thanks a lot for being with me. I appreciate you studying the Word of God or just listening to it and, and, and building yourself up in the knowledge of, of Jesus. Let's check this out. Luke chapter 4, verse 31 through 36. Then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a, an, a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have you to do with us? Or what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown or and when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke amongst themselves, saying, What a word this is! For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out and the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region so now we see that jesus has not only authority over the winds and the sea he has authority over people who want to equalize and make his power irrelevant find him in fault question his authority and ability now we see Jesus having authority over unclean demons and casts them out. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Jesus had sent out his disciples to preach the gospel, to make disciples. And it says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He didn't say, I give you authority over some of the enemy. And when he says serpents and scorpions, he's talking about demonic powers and influences. Listen, most of the challenges that me and you go through are because they are in a spiritual realm. It is not just the flesh. The flesh is being influenced by principalities of air and darkness and wicked hosts in spiritual places he's given us all the power and all authority over all the power of the enemy and he says 
and nothing by shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Jesus reminds us about pride. Even though he was a man of authority and giving his authority, he reminds us that Satan got kicked out of heaven. He said he saw Satan fall like lightning. So he reminds us not to be prideful when our authority is making unclean spirits, demons, subject to us. We're casting out demons. We're healing. We're making disciples. We're, we are walking in the authority of Christ. He says, do not be prideful. That, that little message he gave us there was a reminder not to be prideful, but for us to keep our focus in the kingdom, that it's about the kingdom. It's about winning the lost, reaching the lost for the kingdom of God, reaching the lost. And as we're learning that, even in church right now, I want to expound on that again. We are to reach the lost. And as we reach the lost, we have power, not just power, but all the power and authority over all the power of the enemy. There is not one thing that will not bow under the power and authority of Jesus Christ in your life. I want to activate that power in your life. I want this to be an encouragement. I want this to be an activator to your faith and to the authority and walking in the authority of Jesus Christ, knowing that as we serve God through Jesus Christ, filled with his spirit, knowing that the winds and the ocean obeyed him, knowing that when people questioned him and they were astonished at his teaching, that some uh, adored Christ. And then we know that some challenged him to find him in fault and in error. And Jesus had so much authority that he made their questions come to nothing. Then we see Jesus again enter in to a place where there's an unclean spirit into the, the synagogue and he throws himself down. He says, did you come here to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God and you need to be encouraged and strengthened and full of power and the might of the Lord that Jesus Christ lives and reigns in you, that he has all power and authority and he's given it to you to make disciples. I want you to hear something from me and I believe I really believe that, that this is from the Lord. I really believe that God is not, through his son Jesus Christ, going to fill us with all power and authority if we are not making disciples. I'm going to say that again. Jesus said, I give you all power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will by any means hurt you. He said, but don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See, Jesus cares about you and me being in heaven. That's what he died for. See, Jesus cares. Uh, he, he wasn't prideful. He, he didn't go around parading himself that he could do all these works and that he had the power and the authority to do them. He didn't parade himself in telling everybody where it necessarily came from. He reminds us that what matters is that we make disciples that other names are written in the Lamb's book of life. This is what matters, and this is what the authority is for. 
See, police officers, military, and on down the line don't get authority for no reason. They get authority for them to uphold what they were sworn an oath to do. See, when we come to Christ, it's not just for ourselves. It's for him to live and reign and rule in us so that we might make more disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching all he commanded, reminding them of what he said, and Without us doing that, I do not believe we're going to be able to operate in this great authority. Amen. Listen, the 70 returned with joy. They said, man, all these demons are subject to us. Jesus says, man, I already know that. I saw saw Satan fall like lightning. The next time that Satan tries to trip me and you up, we need to say, hey, uh, how you doing, lightning bolt? (laughs) Uh, Jesus said, now I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being prideful, Satan, but but um, since you want to talk all this mess in my mind, in my heart, you want to rise up against me in my life, the Lord rebuke you. I can't do anything without Jesus. But Jesus said that he gave me all power and authority over every unclean spirit, over serpents and scorpions, and by nothing, by no means, nothing would harm me. Hallelujah. By no means nothing would harm me. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ is a man of authority when he was on this earth. He was filled with the Spirit of God and he taught us how we should honor the Lord and what's required of us. Most importantly, he said, I send you out to make disciples of all nations. And it's amazing. It's powerful. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 28. And actually, I might have gone there already. I don't think so. I want to just touch on this real quick before I close. I hope you're encouraged. I hope that you're getting excited that you serve Jesus Christ where the winds, <laughs> the ocean, demons obey. Uh, they cry out and say, you're going to destroy me. Listen, we need to have that perspective on who we're serving. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority, I love this, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Listen, family, my people, there is nobody greater than Jesus Christ other than God. God gave Jesus Christ all power and all authority on heaven and on earth. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. After we realize that Jesus is a man of this type of authority, I need you to understand that when he says, now go, this is not an option. This is not me trying to correct you. This is nothing about control. This is not a high horse. This is not a a time where I'm waiting for the punchline so I can get under your skin. I need you to understand here that Jesus Christ is full of the authority, all authority of heaven and earth. And he says, now go and make disciples. I think we take that as an option and it's not an option. It's a commandment. He is a man of authority. And I'm going to wrap it up with this and hopefully it will just be a nice brushstroke ending to this picture I've painted in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 says, Now when he concluded all his sayings, this is Jesus, of course, in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So a centurion, meaning of a man, a man of authority, it was he was a, a soldier. He had a servant that was very dear to him, and he was sick. In verse 3 of chapter 7 in Luke, it says, So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders to the Jew, uh, of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue then jesus went with them and when they or when he was already not too far from the house the centurion sent friends to him saying to him lord do not trouble yourself for i am not worthy that you should enter under my roof therefore i do not even think myself worthy to come to you But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. This is a portion of scripture where you find that Jesus marveled at somebody. He marveled at him and he turned around and he said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And all and those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. This centurion was a man of authority. He told people to come and they came. He told people to go and they went. He told people to do this and they did it. He said, I'm unworthy, Jesus, for you to even come under the roof of my home. I know you are a man of authority. Just say the word and it'll be done. 
You see, I want me and you to take this stand, this perspective, this position with our walk with God and, and with Jesus. I want you to start believing that if Jesus said it, it can be done. If Jesus said it in your life, it will be done. If Jesus sends his word into your life as you're reading the word of God and you say, I know this is for me, and you put on that word, you stand on that word, consider it like the centurion that Jesus only had to speak it and it's done. I want you to know that you have the authority of Jesus Christ living inside of you. The Holy Spirit is the great helper. Not only will he remind you of things that Jesus said, the Bible says that he will teach you things to come. But you have the Spirit of God to rule and reign over your environment, to rule and reign and not let things in this life rule and reign over you. It's ridiculous for us to be the people of God and allow things in this world to rule and reign over us. Let that not be so. Let that not be. Let us start to believe how great God is by the name of Jesus. We have power, all power over all that power of the enemy. There's nothing that can stand before us that cannot, that will not bow in the name of Jesus. I want you to start embracing the authority of Jesus Christ in your life. I want you to be encouraged to know that whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, that Jesus not only has the power to make winds and waves obey him, but he can also make whatever it is that you're going through, whatever you need to be strengthened, whatever you need healed, whatever you need to see God do in your life. If you will believe by faith, and you know it's in the scripture, and you know it's God's will for your life. Jesus, all he has to do is say it. We need to start believing it. So I want us to exemplify, to walk in this manner as the centurion did. Not so much where we're unworthy, but where we say, you know what, Jesus, all you got to do is tell me. There's one thing that Jesus did tell us. And he said, go and make disciples. I truly want to challenge you today as I'm challenging myself. I want to be the best disciple that I can be. I want to lay down my life where I look in the mirror and I don't find anything living for me. I really encourage you. I pray that this motivated you and strengthened you. I pray that you felt the Spirit of God activate your faith in believing that there is nothing that Jesus cannot do. Remember, we don't come to Jesus because he can do all these things, but we come to Jesus because he saved us and redeemed us out of the hand of the enemy. And it is by grace that we are saved. It is by the grace of God. There is no works in which man can boast, but he does want us to go to work. Like my pastor's been saying, let's get to work. Listen, I, I really want to encourage you to get to work, to be loud for the Lord, to start making some waves, to start walking in authority. And I didn't say walk in arrogance. 
I didn't say walk in pride now. And I didn't say walk with a selfish manner. I said walk in the authority of Jesus Christ knowing that you serve God through his son Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus where every demon and unclean spirit and the winds and the oceans obey Jesus, that Jesus can raise the dead, that Jesus can do anything because all power in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Remember what we learned today, that Jesus is the one that reveals who the Father is. And the only way that we're going to know the Father and grow more in our walk with God is to know Jesus. As we please Jesus, Jesus is going to allow us to know who the Father is. Stay up, stay prayed up. It's your neighborhood preacher. Until next time, I love you. God bless.